This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a spotlight on the big and bizarre moments of history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about the black sheep of the telecommunications family, a device that supposedly sent messages using the telepathic power of snails. The day was October 2nd, 1851. A French occultist named Jacques Benoit gave the first and last demonstration of his new invention, a snail-powered telegraph. To be clear, though, the machine wasn't powered by the physical activity of snails, but by the psychic abilities they supposedly possessed. Little is known about Jacques Benoit, the man behind the machine, but it's clear that he was an admirer of the so-called secret sciences, such as astrology and mesmerism. Like many others in the 1800s, he was fascinated by the paranormal and by the potential intersection between science and magic. This was an era when even respected members of society began to hold seances and attend shows where human mummies were unwrapped on stage. But Benoit didn't stop at just being a fan or scholar of occultism. As an adult, he decided to put his knowledge to practical use as an inventor. Benoit's studies led him to snails, which he believed to have a strange evolutionary ability. He believed that when two snails mated, their exchange of fluids forged a telepathic bond that connected them across any distance. So if you poked one snail, its mate would flinch as if it had also been touched. It may sound supernatural, but in Benoit's mind, this kind of sympathetic action at a distance was no different than that of electricity or magnetism. And if those forces could be harnessed for use in telecommunications, as they had been in the recent invention of the telegraph, then maybe the animal magnetism between snails could serve the same purpose. To test this uh, questionable theory, Benoit allegedly partnered with an American inventor. I say allegedly because no one else involved in this story ever met or communicated with Benoit's American partner. Some historians believe Benoit made him up entirely as a way to make his own idea seem more legitimate to investors. Whatever the truth, Benoit claimed that he and his partner had devised a new kind of telegraph that would use the psychic link between 24 pairs of mated snails so 48 snails total, to send messages from one side of the world to the other. If true, the invention would outclass the traditional telegraph by a wide margin. Whereas electric telegraphs were restricted by oceans and atmospheric changes, the psychic snail telegraph would work across any distance. Clearly, they had big ideas, but neither Benoit nor his possibly imaginary partner, had the money needed to carry out their experiments. However, Benoit was able to smooth-talk a wealthy Parisian named Monsieur Triat into funding the endeavor. 
Benoit claimed that he had already used an early version of the device to communicate with his partner overseas, a claim that would never be verified. But Triot was intrigued. Not only did he supply Benoit with the materials needed to build a snail telegraph, he also provided him with lodging and an allowance while he worked on the machine. Speaking of which, by now you're probably wondering how it worked. Or at least how it was supposed to work. The final build consisted of two matching sets of 24 snails each, which were glued to circular wooden boards alongside the letters of the French alphabet. The idea was that if you pressed one snail on a board, that snail's mate on the other board would stick out its tentacles in response. The device, like a regular set of telegraphs, required an operator on each end. The person sending the message, who would carefully press the snails to spell it out, and the person receiving the message, who would monitor the snail's movements to see which letters had been pressed. Benoit's invention was meant to require just a few dozen snails, a bit of lumber, and some hardware, but the device gradually ballooned in both complexity and cost. After months of frustration and with the project well over budget, Monsieur Triat demanded a demonstration to see just where his money had been going. Benoit not only agreed to this, he even invited a journalist named Jules Alix to witness the demonstration and write about it in the local paper. As you've probably guessed, the invention's big debut was not what you'd call successful. Benoit had hired assistants to man the snails at the twin boards so that he couldn't be accused of rigging the test. However, the circular boards, or compasses, were set up in the same room, and Benoit refused to even hang a curtain between them. Then, when the trial began, he continuously went back and forth between the two boards to make sure his assistants were pressing and reading the snails correctly. Despite these rather blatant attempts at cheating, the messages still wound up garbled and full of misspellings. Needless to say, Triot was unimpressed and demanded that he be given a second, more rigorous demonstration. Benoit agreed once again, but when the day of the second test arrived, he never showed up. He never contacted Triot again and died penniless just one year later. So, what was Benoit's deal? Did he really believe in the snail telegraph, as his occultist roots might suggest? Or was he just a con man with a weird thing for snails? The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but as far as the journalist who witnessed the test was concerned, Benoit and his snail telegraph were a genuine glimpse of the future. Two weeks after the messy demonstration on October 2nd, and before Benoit had vanished without a trace, Jules Alix reported the experiment a success and speculated that snail telegraphs would soon be used to send, quote, electrical newspapers and electrical mail across the world in the blink of an eye. Not only did Alix's account foreshadow things like email, the internet, and texting, he even predicted our fascination with ever-shrinking technologies. Benoit's first models were over six feet tall, but Alix assured readers that people would soon carry personal snail telegraphs that were no larger than a pocket watch. 
entirely possible because, as he pointed out, there are some species of snail as small as a pinhead. I don't need to tell you that none of this ended up happening, but it's fun to imagine the infrastructure needed for the kind of world that Alix and Benoit imagined. Snails can live as long as 15 years in captivity, but users would still need to replace them eventually, not to mention feed and clean up after them for all the time in between. And then there's the mating to consider. Anyone you wanted to communicate with would need to have a set of snails that had already copulated with your own. Presumably, there would be a vast network of facilities devoted to mating snails, keeping track of their various partners, and shipping them to users around the world. And actually, you know what? On second thought, maybe it's not so fun to imagine. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can gather 52 mated snails, send half of them to me, and then poke out your message at exactly 1.15 p.m. Eastern Time next Tuesday, when I'll be watching the movements of my receiver snails. Or, if you prefer, you can also send the show an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks, as always, to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.